0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Callum McGregor is named Celtic captain as Ange Postacoglu highlights fitness concerns. Rangers will take on either Malmo or HJK Helsinki in Champions League qualifying, while St Johnson also find out their potential Europa League opponents. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Yeah, I mean, again, it's good to have the you know the football on the calendar, um, for particularly for the bigger clubs here, Andrew. And as you mentioned. Rangers will play either Malmo or Helsinki. Two, uh, you know, either side would be a very tough match. And uh, Celtic, if they get through against Mitchellan, would either play PSV or Galatasaray. Again, extremely tough, and it just shows you the importance of getting your squad ready for these kind of games. Because you know, if you're not, um, you know, a strong team and, and ready to play then you'll find yourself out of the competition very quickly. Yeah, lots to talk about. Ange Postacoglu doing his pre-match media today ahead of Celtic against Micheland. Any thoughts on that? Give us a call. Rangers potential Champions League opponents, Callum McGregor's captaincy, transfers, anything else you want to talk about, make sure to give us a call on 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I suppose we should start with... Celtic, they've got their, their big Champions League qualifier tomorrow night Ange Postacoglu's first competitive game in charge He spoke to the media today ahead of that game He also found out the squad that he submitted for the tie Some notable absentees mm-hmm. in there No Christopher Ayer, no Olivier and Cham with their futures up in the air No Liel Abada either, the new mm-hmm. Israeli winger That's an interesting one because he did come off the bench against Preston at the weekend Ryan Christie is back despite not featuring in pre-season Lee Griffiths back in the squad as well uh, Kyogo Furah Hashi not involved either He's not expected to be in the country for a while yet There's obviously some red tape to get through mm. with that one um, It'll be interesting to see how Celtic handle this tie Because Ant Postacoglu speaking today Certainly admitted that he, he maybe hadn't done the business That he would have liked to have done ahead of this game so far Yeah I mean I think he'll, he'll have to be very tactical To try and get through this tie I don't think Celtic could go If Celtic had a full strength Celtic team You think they could take the game to, to Michelin But I, I just think it's a threadbare squad um, you know, there's still so many areas that um, you know they have to strengthen, uh, as you mentioned, and including the new signings. You know, the the, the two new two of the new signings in terms of the forward days aren't available. Um, he's decided for one reason or another to leave out IR and um, you know in Cham. So you know, I think it's an extremely tough day. I thought it was tough anyway when the draw was made, but uh, with the new manager coming in, not having too much time to to put his ideas in place and. Um, you know, with uh, the squad still needing and strengthening, particularly defensively, I think he's going to have to have a, a, a tactical masterclass to make sure that he gets through this. Well, let's hear from Ange Postacoglu and then we'll hear from you at home. 01419511025. Ange Postacoglu says his squad aren't where they need to be fitness wise heading into the new campaign. He says they're all working hard and that everyone listed in their UEFA squad is available to play tomorrow night. They're still sort of building into it. You know, no one's had an ideal sort of preparation it's just the challenges of, of where we're at because you know we've had guys coming in at different times uh, whether that's you know because they had different end dates others had to do um, quarantine others like Cal have been on international duty so they're all at sort of different levels um, what I do know is that we worked them really hard the last sort of week just trying to get them all up to a certain um, level I don't think any of them are, are kind of at the fitness we need them to be for, for what's ahead but um, you know, I'm confident that that all of them are in a, in, a, in good enough condition to to sort of put in a good performance tomorrow night. Um, they're not all of them where they need to be, but um, 
as I said, they're all presenting themselves. They're all working hard. And um, whoever's on the squad tomorrow is available for selection. I mean, Ange Postacoglu not really trying to, to cover for anything there. He's being honest. He's saying that, you know what, the squad isn't really need to be, but he still thinks that they are capable of, of putting in a performance tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I think the Celtic fans will be too happy to hear that the manager has, in, in, a, you know, in a really you know important match, 24 hours before it, is saying that his players aren't quite ready yet for this type of match, but, you know, they're putting themselves forward. Well, you would expect nothing less. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where they're going to have to give everything they possibly can. There's probably going to be a bit of, a bit of an experience. They're still try, he's still trying to find out who he trusts, uh, you know, and who he can play. But now it's going to be a, the first competitive match and it is an, a, an important game, Andrew. You know, I've said before, listen, he won't be judged, you know, by this. But if you don't do well, it just puts you on the back foot straight away. And I think there's enough criticism getting round about the club just now without, uh, you know, an early exit from the Champions League. So, you know, I think um, that's the reason why I said I think he's got to be tactical here. Um, if he just goes out and plays, then I think um, Mitchell might have too much experience. 01419511025 on the phones. Up first is Stevie, a Celtic fan. Stevie, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, neighbour. How are you doing, Jim? Hi, good to right, Thank you. Yeah. Ah, I was in your pub one day, you know. <laughs> anyway, what I'll say is. I think, I think Stevie's well, been, I think been a wee bit I, sarcastic. I, I think we've lost Stevie there. I'm not really sure what was happening there, but uh, I mean. Stevie I think was maybe talking about frailties at the back if you look at Celtic at the back there's Nier Beaton there's Stephen Welsh there's Osazi Origidi Leo Hielder are really the only senior players that Celtic have and I say senior players mm. a lot of them are youth players they're really the only options that, mm. that he has going into Christopher Julian is in the squad but mm. I'm not sure he's been training I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be involved but Ange Postacoglu has a lot of big decisions to make mm. in terms of his squad tomorrow night yeah, I mean, again, you know, we, you know, likes of Stephen Welsh, maybe Anthony Alston, um, they're young players, but they've played a, you know, a reasonable number of games. As you mentioned, uh, I was up on loan last year and did well up at Ross County, but again, unproven, uh, you know, at this level. Um, I think Greg Taylor, is he still back? Is he still available? Um, yeah, Greg Taylor's so, available. So there's a little bit of experience there, but as I said, you know, the balance of the team and then the midfield as well, you know, he hasn't really got himself... Uh, the players that he wants in yet to get that strength in there Callum McGregor um, has, has been made club captain and, and listen you know absolutely delighted for the boy he's been a fantastic player for Celtic uh, come through the ranks and uh, you know he'll, he'll be a proud a proud boy being given that honour but they need as I said more strength and depth uh, and again particularly defensively the goalkeeping situation is Bark is going to play Scott Bain going to play Again, neither of them, you know, covered themselves uh, in glory over the course of last season. So there's enough a lot uh, of, you know, uncertainty. I think is the biggest thing you could say about tomorrow night. But the only way to to put that uncertainty away and to maybe some of the critics away is to get a positive result. So the Celtic players, you know, have to go out and raise their game to the to the maximum level they can. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Jerry is a Celtic fan. Up next, Jerry, what are you thinking tonight? Hi Andrew. Hi Tom. Hi, Hi Jerry. Jerry. Uh, I'd, I'd say very not very confident Celtic supporter at the moment getting to tomorrow night's game and uh, I'd say it's probably the worst squad we've got in about 20-25 years it's, unfit, it's the most unfittest squad we've got there's players wanting to leave I think the club's an absolute shambles at the moment I actually feel sorry for the manager I don't think he has actually the person to turn it around but I won't be a critic of his when we do that but I do actually think we go to Europe because I think he's had tied 
with players signings and uh, with uh, the squad inherited and the coaching team he's inherited. There's not one defender at that club I would keep. Not one currently at that club I would keep with that but with the club at the moment. I think it's an absolute shambles at the moment and uh, I'm not confident one bit at all going into tomorrow night. I think Andy made a comment today saying uh, the, the squad weren't fit. Reminiscent of the shambles Mr Lennon left. We had this from Ronnie Dyla as well years ago. If the squad wasn't fit, and I think uh, we've got a lot, lot uh, still to blame Neil Lennon uh, on the way he left the squad. Uh, I mean, Jim Neil Lennon obviously was was in charge for most of last season. Mm-hmm. He left. John Kennedy uh, left mm-hmm. the squad towards the end of the season. It's obviously going to be a very tough transition. Ange Postecoglou probably didn't know what he was what he was coming into. Mm-hmm. Really, do you think that Postecoglou has maybe felt that it's a, a a tougher task, or maybe things aren't moving as quickly as he would he would like them to so far this window? No, listen, when any manager is into a club, invariably you'll hear this phrase that the, you know the, the the previous regime wasn't fit enough. You hear it time after time. It's not one I buy into all the time. I think sometimes you know players you know they look a bit sharper, they look a bit you know they've got a bit more motivation sometimes if they haven't been in the team or if a new manager comes in. Um, but but I, I think it's unfair to say that, that you know they're not fit. The only thing I would say about Ange Postecoglou is maybe he's looking to instill new practices, a new style of, of training and of coaching, and he's he's still waiting. Players got up to speed, and also there's match fitness. I mean, there's not there's general fitness. Those players, I'm sure, would have to look after themselves. Every player does it now. They've got every every you know uh, benefit to try and do that from the sports science to the programs. I'm I'm sure they've had through the summer. They've been in for a few weeks now, so I would have thought they've been more than uh, capable of going into this game from a fitness point of view, general fitness. But it's match sharpness, and I think that's the big thing that Ange Postecoglou hasn't had the chance to maybe give enough minutes to players because. As, 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 as Jerry said His hand's been a bit tied With the lack of signings Really And the lack of avail- availability to, to key players Jerry Despite the fact that There are players like Odson Edward Ryan Christie Callum McGregor James Forrest David Turnbull Available to Celtic Is is that defensive area Where you think Celtic could struggle Tomorrow night? Absolutely Absolutely yeah, Especially the fullbacks position I don't have, uh, There's not one Fullback at the club There hasn't At the club at all uh, Ever since Kieran Tierney left, I don't think we've had a decent, decent fullback. Uh, the, the two, the, the two, current two fullbacks would get a game of the championship for me. You know, they would just not good enough. Uh, we're coming up, but they've declined so much in the eighteen months, last eighteen months. I think Stevie, I mean, sorry, Jerry. Uh, you know, Greg Taylor's a, a national fullback. You know, he might not be everybody's cup of tea, but you know, I think it's it's, it's, it's a bit unfair to say he's a he's a championship. Um, player because he's, he's played for Celtic. He's, I, I don't think he's ever let Celtic down. I'm not saying he's Kieran Tierney because I don't think there's many of those about. He's he's outstanding, but I think it's always hard when you follow somebody like him because just about no matter who it is, I think the young boy Leah Helder has got has got a really, you know, they've got real aspirations. Is you know that he's going to be he's going to be a top player again. He's another one that's come through the system, so therefore Candy. You know, can they maybe you know um, integrate him into the squad maybe a little bit quicker? Um, obviously, again, Anthony Ralston's come in and out over over the last couple of years, um, but I think it's a wee bit unfair. Stephen Welsh is another one. I think is is improved significantly last year. He's never played really. I mean, when he played because for I, I think he done okay. But again, he's a young he's a young guy learning the game. And Celtic, as I said, didn't really have a lot of balance. So I think Celtic do have some young talented players who I think will improve, but they need a couple of absolute. You know, dominating centre backs, or you know, 
strong midfield player to protect him. And if they get that, then those young players, I think, can you know eventually uh, become fixtures in the Celtic team. Well, let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu speaking today. He says they haven't managed to bring in as many players as he'd have liked so far this window. He says that's partly down to hesitation. You know, in an ideal world, for sure, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd have a full complement of players and we would have been together for you know, a good two, three weeks. And uh, but, but at the same time, I knew going into it that that was unlikely to be the case. It's just, I mean, I even on the other side of the world, you know, transfer dealings, you know, we, we signed foreigners in, in, in Japan and we had to wait three months for them to get into the country. So I kind of knew it would be a challenging uh, prospect. Um, you know, I definitely think um, that, you know, we we probably hesitated a couple of times and, and could have moved faster on some things and, and that hasn't helped us um, because under normal circumstances, those kind of processes um, are fairly straightforward in terms of get a player, sign him, get him on a plane, take a photo and, and away he goes. And, you know, that process is now taking two to three weeks. So that's where I think, um, you know, we, we just got to move a little bit more, uh, you know, precisely and understand that there's always going to be a lag time. So we just got to move a bit quicker. Ange Postacoglu not hiding mm-hmm. his frustration there. It's it's obviously clear that they've not made the moves that, that he wants to so far and it's sort of urging things to get a move on quite quickly. Yeah, I, I think that, of course, listen, he's, he's obviously be, be, be signing, you know, you know, a player from Japan. He's shown that, uh, you know, they're looking, you know, all over the world to, to bring that. So I know it's a market he particularly knows well, but, you know, they're not just kind of keeping an eye on the, U, the UK or the European market. But I do think even in the short term, you know there are players within the, the you know the, these uh, you know um, th- this area uh, in terms of Scottish football. Somebody like Jason Kerr, somebody like I, I think um, you know we mentioned Ryan Portis. I think some some fans uh, you know are keen on. I think even Jamie McCart, who was a young boy there, went away, did really well again up at St Johnson alongside Jason Kerr. I think that the, these are guys who I think would be, be good enough for Celtic for the next. I'm not saying that they're the only one. As long as you get other players alongside them of real quality then they're, they're, they're young they can develop they've got potential they're not costing top dollar but you will have to put your hand in the pocket to get them and, and I think as I said there are young players here who are good enough to go and supplement that Celtic squad in the short to medium term and it buys Ange Postacoglu a little bit of time to get those guys as he said in uh, and, and, and maybe not have to rush things from a European perspective 01419511025 on the phones. John is a Rangers fan up next. John found out your potential opponents for the next round of Champions League qualifying today, either Malmo or Helsinki. What do you make of that draw? <laughs> Evening panel, uh, Andrew and Jim. Uh, that first caller, I think, was having a pub early, Jim. Then too long, I think. Uh, but, well, the two of them, it's. I mean, I don't think there's any easy ties in Europe these days. and you shouldn't underestimate teams uh, in Europe because they're in, they're in the Champions League and they've done well with their leagues to get there. So, I mean, Marmo, obviously, that was about 10 years ago we played them and they put us out. Uh, Helsinki, don't know as much about them, but there'll not be any easy ties. But I think we'll go through that tie and then we'll see what happens next. Uh, even Celtic, I mean, their ties look hard as well, but I, I would actually like the two teams to get in the Champions League for Scottish football. I know I'm a Rangers fan, but in general, it'd be good for Scottish football, the two of them being there and just puts the limelight on Scottish football again. And I remember years ago when the two teams were in and you'd be sitting and you'd be like, you'd be waiting to see who you got in the draw and your, your mates were, who did you get, who did we get? And 
That's, I think that would be a, a good thing and it gets your coefficient up and obviously Aberdeen, Hibs and Johnson they do well in Europe as well and get through to their uh, respective tournaments but uh, I've got a, a point about Cedric Atten first We'll, we'll take that now. point first John and we'll let you come back in I mean it's it's very gracious of John he wants to see Refreshing. all teams do well mm-hmm. you know and for the benefit of, of Scottish mm-hmm. football I'm sure there's many people out there as it is with, with Scotland that will disagree with them but there is a real chance here for you know clubs to, to get into to various different group stages of, of European football this season Celtic and Rangers in Champions League qualifying we've got St Johnson in Europa League qualifying there's the new Europa Conference mm-hmm. League with Aberdeen and, and Hibs can get involved in as well and, and even if you, you don't win your own qualifiers you can sort of trickle down and get into the other group stages Yeah I mean obviously from UEFA's point of view you know they're trying to keep um, you know like uh, you know, clubs interested in European football I think some some obviously nations take it a little bit more serious than others I think Scotland have to take these ties, ties seriously so whether it's Hibs or Aberdeen doesn't matter who they draw they've got to make sure that they try and do well in Europe because as as John was saying there it helps everyone and just helps the profile of Scottish football so you know, yeah I, I'm 100% with John it would be fantastic if if both Rangers and Celtic could, um, could get through into the, the group stages but I do think Rangers are well ahead of Celtic in terms of the preparation. I think that's stating the obvious. Um, they've obviously brought in a couple of players, but they've they've kept all of their players as, as it stands at this moment in time. And even if they do lose one, I don't think it'll weaken Rangers really in any any great sense. And I, I think although Malmo and Helsinki uh, Helsinki will be tough matches, I, I think with the uh, Rangers, um, you know, European uh, experience over the last couple of years under Steven Gerrard and their performances, I think they'll be good enough. Um, to get past that hurdle um, was I said Celtic have still got an awful lot um, to, to, to build and, and, but Rangers are ahead of that in, in that building process What was your other point John? Uh, as I was saying producer, I just, the last couple of games I've been watching Rangers with Cedric I feel as if he's going to make a big contribution to Rangers this year uh, I think he's come back he's look, he looks fat he looks looks quite quick he's, he's probably took longer to settle but some, a lot of players going to other countries where they're probably not being able to bring their families with them during the pandemic and they've been there and probably sitting in a, a hotel where they bubbled themselves and I feel as if now he's, he's settled and I feel it looks strong any time he played for Rangers I thought he played well but he never got a run of games because we had options like Defoe and Morales and uh, Ruth and he's been unlucky that we've had three good strikers ahead of him at times but I feel it's going to be a big season for him I mean he's a, a Swiss internationalist he, he just missed out in the Euro squad because of his game time and Swiss, I watched Switzerland and Euros they were a really good team and if he's going to be part of that Swiss team I mean we got a, an internationalist for a couple of million pounds young and I think he's going to do really well for Rangers this season and he gets his chance from Ellis every year they think he's going to go is he going to go Defoe pulled up at the weekend that looks a couple of weeks so he could be out first so I think Atten if he comes in he'll get it. if he gets his chance I think he'll take it this season Stephen Gerrard made a similar point after the game against Arsenal at the weekend there's a couple of goals for him in pre-season he says his attitude's been impeccable even when he's not been playing Cedric Itton and, and it could be a chance for him to, to really make his mark after a season of settling in yeah I mean ultimately as, as John said there he's in competition with other key players whether it's Morelos or Roof I mean I think Jermaine Defoe's obviously got the, added the coaching side now to these games I think he'll have less game time and uh, you know he'll be moving on to the next stage of his, his career but uh, you know and, and obviously that, that education that he can pass on to the likes of Itton uh, would be invaluable but uh, yeah I mean I think it, John made a lot of you know valid points here you know whether he's, he's managed to get his family away he might be isolated you know you know, on his own a little bit um, it's really hard um, last season for a lot of young players you know, he's, he's not a kid but he's, he's still young coming into the country trying to find his feet and obviously Rangers looking to 
to to get over the line to make sure the title was uh, was was um, was won. They managed to do that, but they've also got the World Cup Switzerland next year. So he just missed out, as he mentioned, on the on the Euros. So there's a fantastic incentive for him if he can get into that team to force his way back into the national squad to try and get himself to Qatar. Well, thank you to John 01419511025. Give us a call, and you can be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. We were just looking at some of the European draws that were going on today. Of course, Rangers now know they'll play either Malmo or Helsinki in the third qualifying round of the Champions League. Of course, the second round of that still needs to be decided Celtic taking on Michelin tomorrow if they get through that they'll play against either PSV or Galatasaray in the third round of qualifying when it comes to Rangers we, we've seen it's either Malmo or Helsinki mm. two teams that are champions of their respective mm. countries that's how it works in the Champions League qualifying Rangers go into the champions path as it's called where all the, the teams that finished first in their first in their respective leagues are put into so you know it's never going to be a, an easy draw when you, you get into that yeah, but I mean, you, you're avoiding, you know, some some of the other major leagues. So from that perspective, um, I think that uh, Rangers will be relatively pleased. Again, travelling wise, you know, either Sweden or, or, or Finland, so it's not too bad as well. Um, all of those things considered, I think that they said if Rangers keep all the players, I mean, there's obviously talk about one or two players being, you know, targeted by other clubs. But as we as we speak tonight, um, Andrew, then all the players are still there. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I looked at Arsenal paying £50 million for Ben White um, from Brighton. I honestly think Conor Goldson's a better defender. I, I really do. I, I mean, people go, yeah, 50 would you pay for it? No, of course I wouldn't pay £50 million. I wouldn't pay £50 million for Ben White either. But I understand the market's completely different in, 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 in England as it is in Scotland. But I still think, as I said, I've said this many, many times, I think there's there's enormous arrogance um, of, of what players are I'd like down there and for me if someone said to me as a centre back what are you good at defending first and foremost then I would I would have Conor Goldson before I have Ben White and I'm sure there'll be one or two people that will be trying to you know um, ridicule me for it but that's 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 the way I would see it so I'm, I, I think Stephen Gerrard will be delighted that uh, they're not looking across the border any thoughts on that 01419511025 Brian is a Rangers fan up next Brian what's on your mind tonight hi Jim hi Andrew uh, it's, uh, by the way, you're right about that, Jim. Uh, you, play, you pay a premium, you know, for English players down there, and uh, you can forget about the transfer fee. Just because White's worth fifty million and Goldson's worth ten million doesn't mean he's five times a player. That that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I got to my point, uh, when I seen, I think it was yesterday, who Rangers might get, I kind of thought it would be Malmo or Helsinki. Uh, and Jim's also right about the travelling. Travelling's really good. Uh, Malmo put us out 10 years ago. Uh, it's hard to believe it is 10 years since we last played in the, the qualifiers, you know, for this, this tournament. Uh, Stephen's development of the, the team over the last three years has been helped greatly by we're running the Europa League, but we know that Qualifiers-wise, we're moving up a step here. Though, to be honest, I think that we are more than capable of winning this this tie whoever we're playing. But it will be tough. It will be very tough to get into the Champions League. 
but that's where we want to be. Yeah, I mean, Brian, I mean, the, the, the club and the players have worked so hard um, to get themselves back as you said, first time in 10 years. So, you know, you want to give it everything you've got. You know, you, you fight so hard to get into this position that uh, you want to give it everything to make sure you stay in the competition as long as you possibly can. Uh, and, and again, as I said to you, you know, playing the likes of whether it's Malmort or Helsinki, I think it just gives Rangers a decent chance. But you're right in what the, you said there, the, the, the Europa League money over the last couple of years in terms of doing well has definitely helped Rangers strengthen the squad and also keep a lot of their, their, their key players because... You know, they're not allowing too many of their players to run their contracts down. You know, the, the, every time somebody does well, Stephen Gerrard's come out quite publicly at times. He's all, oh, he's doing well, we, we need to improve his contract. And invariably, that helps the player, but it helps the club as well because it gives them uh, guarantees that the, if anybody does come in, they're in control of the situation. But that comes from doing well in Europe and getting that money in. But imagine how big a difference it would be if you qualify for the Champions League qualifier, uh, sorry, group stages. I mean, that you're talking maybe going from somewhere like 8 to 10 million max to, to upwards of 30 million. So it'd be a huge bonus um, if, if that could be achieved. But this is the first step to either play Malmo or Helsinki. You want to go over the first hurdle and then see where you can go from there. Yeah, Brian, if Rangers get through, I know we're looking slightly too far ahead, but if Rangers do get through to the playoff round, the, the types of teams they could be facing, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, Dinamo Zagreb, of course, Slavia Prague, who put Rangers out in the Europa League last season, Olympiakos, it obviously takes a, a bit of a step up in the next round. Where are your confidence levels that of Rangers potentially making it to the group stages? I think you just take one tie at a time. Uh, if, you, if you look back at the Europa League, we were playing sometimes before July even came in. Uh, very, very difficult, you know, get your players up and ready for that. But uh, we played eight, I'm trying to try to work this out, eight, 16, 20 games qualifying the Europa League under Stephen. And we never lost one. Uh, so we certainly proved ourselves. And obviously we got to group stages. I agree with Jim says, you know, financial aspect. Of course, that that's good, you know, for the club, for any club. But I also believe the playing aspect because you're facing bigger challenges than you were facing in, in the Scottish Premiership, especially once you got to the group stages. And the development of the team on the pitch, uh, I'm not sure that we'd be where we are at the moment if we hadn't had that. Uh, though that's easy to say that, we did have it. You know, we're, we're, we're where we are because we deserve to be where we are. But I'll take each tie at a time. Yeah, I think, uh, Brian, I mean, you, you, the reputation of the players and the managers definitely enhanced by European performances. There's no doubt about that. At, at times it can be a little bit unfair because I think it's sometimes, you know, people are a bit disparaging the Scottish football, but, uh, and it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough uh, league. Uh, every game's competitive, every team's organised. I mean, we saw St Johnson won the double last year, and, you know, I, I really don't think that they've had enough credit for that, you know, what they've managed to achieve. I think a, a team of their resources, if that had happened in any other league, you know, the, you know, people have been shouting for the rooftops about them. So, and I feel about it's about unfair in St. Johnson. And lately, Rangers, you know, in Scottish football, unless Stephen Gerrard does something in Europe, it's almost as if, well, I know, but, you know, only two teams are one up there anyway. And, and that's the reason why I think the likes of their players, whether it's a Conor Golson, whether it's a, you know, James Tavernier or whatever it happens to be, they maybe not get... Um, some of the credit they deserve elsewhere um, but if they do well in Europe and continue to do well in Europe as they have done over the last couple of years then again that will enhance their reputation uh, rightly or wrongly 
Ryan made the point of you know Rangers fans are used to watching their team in European qualifiers early mm-hmm. in July. Mm-hmm. The fact that Rangers' first game won't be until after the first league weekend of the mm-hmm. season. I think it's maybe around the eighth or ninth of August mm-hmm. that their first match will be. How big a boost do you think that will be for Steven Gerrard being able to get his players through a good few preseason friendlies, then into a competitive game before they have to tackle some qualifiers? No, I think it's a huge boost. Uh, I really do, Andrew. I think that uh, you know having that extra couple of weeks, you know, just um, looking at assessing your squad, seeing how everybody is, you know, your new players coming in. Um, you know, just just settling everything down, and then having compa- a, a, at least one competitive match before, um, you know, you play. I think is a, a fantastic advantage for Rangers. Uh, again, as I say before, they do have you know all the all the players there anyway. So that the, you know the the, the rebuilding is not they're not rebuilding. You know, they're just strengthening the squad. But uh, when it comes round to that first game. I don't see too many changes from from Stephen Jeddah. I think it will be pretty much the players who have done the business for him over the last eighteen months or so. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Thank you to Brian. Michael is a Celtic fan in Liverpool. Up next, Michael, what are you thinking tonight? Um, basically, I'm very disappointed. Even though it was a pre-season on Saturday, I thought the Celtic team, uh, Andrew and Jim, is far far too young, right? And um, so basically, that's a bit worrying for me, um, and basically, I could see that Poster Cogley was feeling the pressure. If he's feeling the pressure now, he only last two minutes. By the way, when it comes to the, the real thing, I mean, Jim, do you think he was feeling the pressure having spoken to him today and being part of the press conference? I don't think it seemed as if he was feeling the pressure. He was maybe a bit downbeat, mm-hmm. but. It didn't look as if he was he was panicking. He was maybe airing a wee bit of frustration, but I don't know if feeling the pressure would be the correct turn of phrase. No, listen, Michael's looking at it from a fan's point of view. You know that he doesn't see maybe a quick enough progress, but I think we have to understand how difficult it is. You know, for for Ange Postecoglou to get in there. You know, you can't you know you know solve every problems. You know, you're looking at every pretty much every area of the team to strengthen. Um, you know, and that is very very difficult. There are some. I agree with Michael in the sense that there are maybe some too many younger players just now. But that's that's what he has at his disposal. There are one or two experienced players dotting around. I'm sure that you know. There's been talking about Daniel Sturridge available. Talking about Jack Wiltshire, who I know he was suggesting he was maybe going to go to Rangers last year, but that didn't materialise. He's available there. I mean, they're England international players. You know, still you know still get maybe a good two or three years in them if, 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 if they're ready to play and sometimes it doesn't do you any harm to, to bring in someone with experience again to help with those young players so there are some young experienced players out there but they have to be the right type that Ange Postacoglu fancies does he like those type of players does he want them in and around his club um, but I agree with Michael I think at this moment in time they are a bit young but I wouldn't I wouldn't say he'd be under pressure I, I think um, realistically He's just trying to, you know, he's trying to stay calm and and maybe underplaying it a little bit. He's not going to, he's not going to be, you know, saying, "Oh, listen, everything's not right." He's he's got to be diplomatic, and I think that's what he has been just now. I think he's just been a little bit dif- diplomatic. Michael, when it's a new regime and you've got a new manager and a new chief executive, and there's a lot of changes need to to be made in the playing squad as well. Is, is there any way that that you'd be able to? To see a side where there would need to be patience from the fans, or do you think that you know things need to? What it is with me, what it is with me, guys, right? I feel a wee bit disheartened, right? I don't even. Um, I, I like Postecoglou, but it took Celtic 106 days, right, to get a manager in, right? That tells me they've got bad business skills, right? And then when Postecoglou did come in, and Dominic McKay were both speaking on a press conference, right? They said they were going to do this and they're going to do that, but for me. 
I like the I, I like the thought of them signing that boy for Benfica, that booter. He's a good right back. I wouldn't go for Soppy because Soppy's going to cost four million pounds, and he's only a young guy. Where Buta is more experienced, I'm I'm happy that they've got the, the Swedish guy. Um, but personally, I want them to see get more strikers in, and I would have liked that other Japanese boy to come in, but he looks like he's going to Toulouse. Um, so that's that one at the window And I would have liked to have seen Fraser Foster come back as well I mean is that part of the frustration Jim For Celtic fans that there is a lot of names Being banded about And if there, if there maybe wasn't a lot of names being banded about There would maybe be a bit more patience Because people aren't just expecting That, that every single name that, that's in the newspaper Or said on the TV or the radio Is, is automatically Meant to be in the door in the next two or three days. Yeah, and Celtic fans like Michael are also, the, you know, on social media, you know, putting their uh, opinions of who they would like to see. You know, and, and listen, if you ask fifty thousand Celtic fans, you probably get fifty thousand different players. You know, it's it's so difficult. To, but the manager has to. He then has to focus on his priorities. And as he mentioned, you know that the, the, they've obviously been trying to do some some business, and and, and some it's probably been three quarters of the way, you know, getting done. And the last minute has fell falling through. So, you know, th- these things are not simple, particularly when you're trying to bring in so many. I mean, Celtic are probably trying to bring in seven, eight players. Um, that is a lot of players in a short a short window in a very very short period of time. And then you've got to gel them all. And then they've got to you know all, all, all um, you know fit into how he wants to play and up to speed quickly. But I think all you can do at this moment in time is focus on the Mitchell game. I don't think either the fans or the manager can look beyond tomorrow night. He's got to try and be competitive tomorrow night and stay, hopefully win the game, but if not, be in the tie so you've got at least an opportunity of another week under your belt to be ready for the next game. Well, thank you to Michael. 01419511025 on the phone. Celtic have, of course, named their new club captain today. We'll be hearing from Callum McGregor after the break. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 If you've got anything you want to get off your chest Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Of course some big news coming out of Celtic today as well Is that Callum McGregor has been appointed as their new club captain He of course takes over from Scott Brown I'm aware the armband for this season he says being handed the captain's armband is a huge honour and he says Scott Brown was the perfect player to learn from you know it's it's obviously a massive honour to to be named club captain um, to, to come through the, the youth academy to where I am now um, it's a very proud day for myself my family everyone connected with myself um, so first of all I just want to say thanks to the manager as well for that um, it's a huge honour and you know I can't wait to get to work and you know and, and build something here yeah of course Scott was Hugely successful um, as club captain here. I've had the honour to to work closely beside him, um, see how he operates every day, the way that he drives the changing room, the way that he drives the club. So, you know, for me, it's, I've I've had no better education in that sense. So, you know, I just want to try and follow that as closely as I can. And then, obviously, you know, you have to put your own personality on it, your own stamp on it, and, and you know, ultimately, it's a new era for the club and. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm just desperate to get to work and, and make it a successful one. There have been so many changes at Celtic this summer that Ange Postacoglu didn't maybe have as many players to pick mm-hmm. from as he'd have liked to, to assign his new captain, but it kind of always looked as if it would be Callum McGregor. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he needs guys like Callum and James Forrest in particular, you know, who have experienced players, you know, highly decorated players, you know, successful winners, um, you know, but know what it's all about to play for Celtic. Uh, you know, the expectation demands, uh, the style the fans want. Um, you know, so listen, I know Ange Postacoglu, I'm sure he's done all his research and all his homework, but I think you do need people in-house who know what it means um, to pull on that Celtic jersey and know what it means to the supporters. And you know, as Callum said, then he can have his own personality, but integrating new players and explaining to them what it means, the demands, you know, the expectations. I think it, there's nothing better. The manager's not in the dressing room all the time, you know. Um, so when they're in and around, uh, guys like Callum and James Forrest, um, again, are, are invaluable to, to particularly a new manager coming from, from a different country. Throughout your management career, what have been the sort of main traits you've looked for in a captain? Because I think a lot of the time, some supporters think it's it's just the loudest guy in the mm. pitch, a, a shouter and baller. You maybe wouldn't put Callum McGregor into that category, but he's a guy that, that knows what it takes to, to win trophies at Celtic. Yeah, I mean, listen, you get different styles of captains. I think when Scott Brown came in, at first of all, not not in the Celtic team, but just became a first cap, you know, the type of captain. He was a kind of in your face, kind of, you know, you know, kind of winning the tackles and you know getting everybody up you know firing, firing his teammates up but off the off the field if you ask anybody in around Celtic they said he was a tremendous captain he made you know he made sure that any new player coming to the club was made to feel welcome uh, could settle into the club and took that responsibility you'll get other guys like you know are quieter quieter by nature um, who, who you know lead by example professionalism doing all the things right you know making sure that uh, you know all the players know what's required but not a shout or a screamer or in your face, you know, a totally different type of uh, a captain. And you'll get the other guys who I've done it in the past with players. You maybe give players who are, if you let's say for want of a better phrase, who are on the edge at times, make them captain to give them that sense of responsibility, knowing that they can't, um, you know, go over the go over the the, the top. Um, because they've got that responsibility of being a captain, being a leader. So all different styles, Andrew, but the game has changed and I think there's more um, about um, examples now rather than the kind of Roy Keane type of guy in your face grabbing people with a scruff of the net. So I don't think those type of players are, are, are too common now. I'm not saying that uh, we wouldn't like them, but I don't, I don't think they're as common as they used to be. He talks about learning from Scott Brown, but also wanting to put his own stamp on it. How important do you think that is, given that you know it's a new era as Celtic, as he's described it, with a new manager, a new chief executive, a lot of turnover? Yeah, you have you have to be yourself. You know, you have to be your own guy. You know, I mean, he's calm. You know, can't can't you know try and be a, a Scott Brown clone. He's a different type of personality. He's a different type of guy. But as he as he mentioned there, you know, he he, he he's, he's, he's some of the things you learned. You know, like as I said, he you know integrating all the new players, trying to make sure they get up to speed as possible as quick as possible. Understanding as as I mentioned earlier, what it is to play for Celtic. So there'll be a lot of things that professionalism, that day to day professionalism in the training ground, in the dressing room. Uh, you know, be really, really important. But he's got to do it in his, with his style, his manner, his personality. As he said, the type of character he is. Listen, he's an outstanding uh, boy and a been an absolutely magnificent player for Celtic. He, he didn't have, like a lot of them. Didn't have his best season last season. Um, you know, obviously he played a lot of games. Um, I thought he was one of Scotland's actually better players in the games that uh, that we played in the Euros there. So I think that uh, with having a little break. Um, you know, get you know, recharge your batteries, and I'm sure he'll be another vital player for Celtic this season. Let's go straight back to the phones. Ricky is a Celtic fan in Easter House. Ricky, first of all, what do you make of the appointment of uh, Callum McGregor as a new club captain? Ah, think that's a great appointment. Congratulations to Callum. Uh, I know he's probably not as Scott Brown, the kid out as, as uh, Jim was saying there, the Roy Keane. To me, he's more the Andy Robertson at Liverpool. 
you know, he'll, he'll do it, but uh, he'll not be shouting and bawling at people the way we, uh, we Robertson is at Liverpool, you know. Uh, but my main point is, I'm not that bothered what we do in Europe. My main priority is SPL this year. Because if you win the SPL this year, you're automatic qualifier right into the Champions League group stages next year. Uh, I think the, the manager will go, given time, gets his players in, gets them into the way he wants them to play. I think they'll make a good job this year uh, challenging Rangers for the league. Uh, I'm going to go as far as saying at this moment in time because I've not seen how we've played competitive games. Uh, they will win it. I think we'll get a good shot. What gives you that confidence so far, Ricky, from what you've seen that you think Celtic will give it a good go? Well, I, I, just, I just like the way this guy comes across. I've seen a couple of his training sessions. Things I think we're getting rid of players that were probably itching to get out the door. We're going to bring players in that are obviously... They want to put us here on the shop window. So they want to put us here on the shop window. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to play well to do that. Uh, okay, Celtic might be a stepping stone for these guys, which are other guys have been the Van Dyke to Van Yammers, not these guys. Uh, it's came before. But they've, they've proved themselves Celtic before they've left. So I think uh, I think we'll do fine this year. Sure. I'm not that bothered about Europe, as I say. Jim, Ricky mm. says he's not that bothered about Europe, mm. but I'm sure there'll be a lot of people very high up at Celtic that'll see it as a as a big priority mm. for them this season, just because of how lucrative getting into the Champions League or the Europa mm. League group stages is. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Celtic fans, like a lot of fans around the country, were very loyal last year with their season tickets, but ultimately the, the, there was no normal revenue coming in. Revenue streams were a way down, whether it be you know from hospitality or, or advertising or whatever. So Celtic, like a lot of clubs, would have lost a lot of money last year. Um, so getting into Europe definitely helps that, and also helps helps the building process, Ricky. You know, you can you can get better quality players, and if you get more money, um, you know, to 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 go and uh, you know negotiate with, and that that European football definitely helps that. I agree, it's not the number one priority this year. I think it's about you know getting as close to Rangers as they possibly can and making a real fighter, um, the 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 title this year. But I do think that confidence is a big thing in football and if you can get off to a good start, get a couple of wins under your belt, get into the next round, it gives everybody confidence. Confidence in the new manager, confidence in the new regime, um, you know, the new players coming in, settle a bit quicker and the fans get behind them. All of a sudden you get a bit of momentum. So I think these are the reasons that, 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 that they'd be important to try and get um, you know, off to a good start tomorrow night. Final point to you, Ricky. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, but I'll take that. Okay, every day fine we go. Every day, I'll take that. I'll certainly take that. But to me, if, we, if it doesn't happen, I'll not be sitting there mm-hmm. greeting and going, oh, it's a terrible season for us. Mm-hmm. I'll be saying, let's go and prove ourselves in the SPL. Yeah, no, listen, again, as I said, that, that will be the priority. There's no question about that. Uh, but uh, Like any new manager, you know, we you know have to give them time. Any new player, you know, we, we're, we're such a nation for judging people, you know, almost instantly. You know, the ball hasn't been kicked in anger yet. And, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, Celtic won't do this or we won't do that. You don't know. that. that the bottom line is... Uh, you know the 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 the, the still, still to be to be proven one way or the other, and the manager needs time, uh, and he needs to get his own players in, but the board need to need to help him. You know the the, the Celtic board really need to, you know, you know, pull out all the stops to help the new manager and give him the tools he needs to try and do his job. Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. Unfortunately, thank you to Ricky and thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight. Thank you to Jim Duffy in the studio as well. Of course, there is. 
European qualifying action this week Celtic against Michelin tomorrow We'll bring you all the build up to that one Aberdeen and Hibs in action as well They take on what's Aberdeen against BK Aachen From Sweden and Hibs face Andorran side Santa Coloma So lots of action this week Of course the League Cup group stages as well So we'll bring you all the build up All the reaction to all those games And make sure to stick around tonight Because Johnny Campbell's up next 